0: As photographers, we spend a lot of time thinking about and honing our visual artistry, the messages and the voice that we put out into the world through our photographs. But when we are entrepreneurs who are trying to sell our photography, we also have to communicate using Words And sometimes that can be verbal language, but many times it is the written language. And I can't tell you how many photographers I have talked to who stress and struggle to get their message across in the written format. So I am super excited about today's conversation with Courtney Fanning. Courtney is a brand strategist and a copywriter, and she specifically does copywriting help For what she calls purpose-driven creatives, and I know that we all fall into that category. And the reason, out of all the copywriters out there, that I wanted to bring Courtney on to talk about copywriting for creatives is that she takes such a practical, doable, actionable approach. Today, she's going to be talking to us about the four different kinds of buyers who are out there. All of whom may fall into the category of your ideal or Bluebird client, but maybe three quarters of whom you might not instinctively create written copy for. Because you fall into your own type of consumer, so you typically write for the type of consumer that you are. Courtney is going to walk us through what all four of those types are and how, by broadening your understanding of what different kinds of people are looking for, you can meet them where they are as a copywriter for your website and your social media. I think you're going to really love this conversation. This is one that you might want to have a notebook handy for. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Courtney Fanning, it's so great to have you on.
1: This can't be that hard. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here.
0: I um was saying before we hit the record button that I fancy myself something of like an okay copywriter. And when I went to your site, I was like, oh, I'm here to learn from the master. You're so good. Um, this is, you know, we're going to be talking, I guess, more about copy, but you do a lot of brand strategy work as well, right? Why don't you give us the quick tour
1: intro of Courtney Fanning? Sure. So I actually got my started in my start in book publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my master's in print and digital media, so I like to say that I am officially a master in selling stories. <laughs> and after that, I found myself working for a number of the publishing houses in New York, and we were working on these like big creative marketing campaigns for authors and branded series and licensed deals. I worked on The Walking Dead uh like books for a while. I mean, it was just a gamut of things. So, we had to kind of do a lot of audience research because we had a ton of books every season and we had to market each of them differently. Um so then fast forward, I left New York. I moved to Rhode Island. I started working in the tech industry and it was kind of a rude awakening in many ways because I was used to being in a field of creatives and we're doing what I think is more instinctual marketing. So mm-hmm. we're like, I know my audience because we really were our audience in many ways. Sure. I know what they want. I know what we read. I know how to market to these people just kind of instinctually, you know, in the tech industry, that doesn't fly. I came across this phrase that I had never heard before, which was why, <laughs> why would we put our header here and say this? Why would we want to have a CTA button here? And why should it say this versus this? Is something, this is something we can A-B test? And I was like, oh, that's an A-B test. right? Um, <laughs> so I really had to like go back to school, figure out this new thing called UX copywriting, which is basically just like where you putting, where things go strategically on the page. I had to get really good at looking at analytics and looking at how does that actually translate to my website and the words and the visuals on the page. And, you know, I really just kind of had to, come to terms with the fact that marketing as we knew it, and this was like in 2015 to 2018-ish, was really changing into a data-driven industry. And that seems obvious to us now, but I mean, marketing has changed so much in the last few years from being, you know, you could put something up on Facebook organically and get 5,000 likes. And now it's like you need to spend thousands of dollars to to match that reach. Right. So when I then start decided to start my own business, Big Picture Branding, I kind of set out to match that purpose-driven spirit of the book publishing world with the data-driven reality we live in. So I also wanted to prove that I could serve purpose-driven creative businesses, but I could also give them that sort of data-driven brand and copywriting knowledge that they really needed to make a difference in, you know, just showing up where they need to show up on Google or on different platforms and getting in front of the right people but still keeping their heart and their spirit at the forefront of their business and their messaging. So that's kind of why, you know, I don't just call myself a copywriter. I'm also a brand strategist and copywriter because the brand strategy is how we figure out how you're going to differentiate yourself and, and, you know, stand out from the pack. I love that. And I think that
0: in so many ways, uh, you know, most of the people listening are probably running their own business and are the only person working in their business. So they wear all the hats and it is, so valuable to have insight from people who can give you that little bridge, like the insights and the information that when, you know, you think about the bigger companies out there, they have multiple people working who's, you know, this is my expertise. This is my expertise. We don't, as solopreneurs, we don't need like all the, all the information. We're not running big businesses, but having some of that information and having it in a practical application um, can really be the difference between, you know, the struggle bus and like (laughs) figuring out how to connect. So I love that you've got sort of both sides of that covered. So the thing that I really am excited to talk to you about, um, you have this new blog post on your website that I got totally hooked by. And then you also have a new quiz, but it is all about the four types of buyers and how knowing about the four types of buyers helps you write the copy for your website. Because I feel like copy is one of those things that um, a lot of photographers, it's like they kind of know their voice really well. But translating that into written copy, you know, we're <laughs> we're visual creatives. Um, and so translating that into written copy can be tricky. Sometimes some people myself, err on the side of too much copy. Some people err on the side of, you know, well, I'll just let a picture say a thousand words and there is some sort of like happy medium. But um, the deeper I dove into this concept of the four types of buyers, the more I was like, oh, this is going to be so helpful for so many people. So, um, so yeah, talk to me a little bit about where this whole concept came from and then we'll dive into what those types of buyers are. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that this can't be that hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director Dana and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called the Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game. Or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast, along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com club to sign up.
1: Sure. So I was watching Sarah Blakely's masterclass. So if you're unfamiliar with her, she is the self-made billionaire
0: of the company.
1: Uh, It's amazing to me. I'm like how self-made that's incredible. So I was watching her masterclass and she was talking about how, when she first started out, she was real grassroots with her business she actually was out, went to the stores, was on the sales floor, literally with a package of spanks and like handing it to people as they walked by. And she realized that when she was trying to convince people to, to purchase her product, there were four different types of people that she was speaking to. There was the director, the relater, the socializer, and the thinker. And now in the sales and marketing world, different buyer types, this is like a pretty common concept, but it wasn't until I heard Sarah Blakely talking about it that I realized this would be so valuable for writing your own copy. So essentially the director is someone who they're very ROI driven and they just kind of want to get in, make a decision, get out. They're going to make their decision at the top of the page usually. And then if they scroll down, they're looking for points that validate their decision one way or the other. They are allergic to fluff and they just want to know that you can deliver on a promise. Mm The socializer is someone who, on that know, like, trust scale, they really want to like you. Your brand story is really important to this person because they want to know who it is that you are and how it is that you got to where you were in a way that's going to help them. Like, do you, is your experience, your perspective valuable to them? Social proof is really important to them. They want to see that. You know, you've actually done this for other people and that you almost have a following, if you will. Uh, I hesitate to say like a tribe, but they want to be a part of your your world. They're very aerial about it. They Mm -hmm. really want to get in there and feel like being a part of your course or being a part of your programs or uh, your services is going to either elevate their business or elevate their status or get them somewhere. The relator is someone who's very, very in tune with their own needs. They want to know that your solution is going to be absolutely custom and appropriate for them. So they don't really like to be put into a box. Mm-hmm. Um, they like having options. So like your packages, can they move things around? Can you have add-ons? Can dates be flexible? What's your return policy? All of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really important to the relator because they, you know, they're very concerned with at the end of the day, how is this going to help me and my family? Or my friends, and the thinker is someone that I know all too well because they're the person that they will read a long form sales page to the end. They might read it twice. They're gonna read the privacy policy and the disclaimers. They're gonna read it all. They want that marketing receipt, which is like a term if you're unfamiliar with it. That's basically that's that spot on the page where you bullet point, you sum up everything. Like when everything's said and done, here are the things you walk away with. Here are the benefits and here's the price. Mm -hmm. You have to put that out there for them because their worst fear is buyer's remorse. And that's the number one way to show them here's everything that you're going to walk away with. It's going to be okay if you choose me. We're both going to do this together. So the value of knowing these four buyer types and knowing which one you are is that we just naturally speak to the one that we are and we ignore the one on the opposite end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. which means that if someone is coming to your page and they're one of those buyers that you are not you just lost that sale potentially you weren't speaking to what they needed so being able to kind of weave in some of the elements that all of these buyers are looking for can make the copy on your page a lot stronger more convincing and so that when people do get on like a discovery call with you They're already, they they already know that you hit all those bullet points. They're just kind of, you know, it's like a little test of like, okay, I think she's right for me. So I just, this is the final thing for me to know that, yes, I made the right decision and now I want to book you or sign up with you. And I love
0: this. Um, I, so when I teach photographers about booking clients, I'm a big proponent of make them get on the phone with you because even though I'm all about like, give them what information they need to know to determine to a certain degree, like, is this the right fit or not? You know, obviously they're going to make some sort of judgment about your images and whether they like those. And, you know, they'll read your bio page and they probably want some indication of what your pricing is going to be. But beyond that, I'm like, you need to get on the phone, partly because I think that it's a lot easier when you're on the phone with someone to start to get a sense of like, is this person asking about like all the nitty gritty details? Or are they just sort of like, hey, great. I love your work. Where do I sign? hundred um, percent. And when you're on the phone, you can react to that and and respond appropriately. And it's much easier. But when you're writing copy, whether on your website or in your social media posts or whatever, you're putting that out there to all the different kinds of people out there. So I think that having this reminder in the back of your head that like there are different types of people. Who may all be great clients for you. It's not like if I'm a director and you know you're you know one of the other types or the opposite type or whatever, we can't um, we can't work together well. Um, I think I have friends who are very different from me when it comes to making buying decisions. but um, but that, you know, sort of speaking to them is something that like I may not naturally do when I'm writing my web copy or social media copy.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely, it's something I've I didn't used to do as a writer. I kind of just assumed that I know what elements need to go in the page and how to organize it and what I should say. But I've now started to make this a part of my process. So I do what's called a copy sweep. So that's where there's a number of different things you want to sweep for within your copy. And now looking at the four buyer types of one of them. Is I just go through okay? I've written everything. What's missing? And so I do that sweep to figure out. Well, for me, I probably didn't get to the point fast enough. I need to help that director out. I need that first two lines to be super clear in my header. And then I need to make the bulk of my information available at the top, even though I'm gonna repeat it down the page, but Mm -hmm. I need to, to really get to the point faster.
0: Yeah, interesting, okay. Um, so let's talk about a little bit more of that. So like, okay, for the person who's going to make the really quick decision, you need to have all the good information at the top. But what about those other three types? What are some of the strategies? It sounds like the marketing receipt is an important piece. Um, but so, and now I'm going to get confused about which, which ones are which I have to pull that back up and look at them. But, um, for the other two, what are the elements that you want to make sure are on your, like, info page or FAQ page, or if you have a sales page, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So something that both the director and the socializer, I mean, the socializer is someone who definitely likes the testimonials that speak to a quantitative result as well as a qualitative. The director just wants a quantitative result. I saw X amount of growth in two weeks after taking this course, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I, the, you know, I got my photos back so quickly. Like Mm -hmm. I got them back in, in a week, um, which is so much faster than other photographers i work with or something like that. Like they want to see that. Um, the relator is really looking for those transformational stories. If you're putting in testimonials of like, you know, finally I got rid of the FOMO and I was able to put myself on the camera. You know, I think a lot of moms have this where they're like, "Ah, I just always look so terrible in photos. I don't want to be put in front of there, but This photographer just made me feel beautiful. You know, they're looking for those transformation stories. Um, Something else that the socializer is looking for is uh, beautiful imagery. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that I talk a lot about copy, but copy and brand and branding design they are best friends. You can't have one without the other, and so they want to see that beautiful imagery because imagery is another way of showing your personality. Mm-hmm. Your words don't always have to do the heavy lifting. A lot of times, like the images you choose, like the photos, the typography, the colors—that's helping to show your story and show your personality, and that's really important to them as well. Um, there's so—I mean, there's so many different ways that you can break down what these people are actually looking for, and I put them together in a nice little checklist so that if you do take this quiz you'll kind of get the bullet points of like, here's what you're probably forgetting to do. Like, are your first two lines really succinct? Do you have enough quantitative testimonials? Are you showing them imagery that matters? Do you have a marketing receipt? Have you included like an FAQs to kind of calm their nerves, stuff like that? Excellent. I love that.
0: Yeah, the the quiz is super fun too. That's a, that's a it's a good one. Um, and so, let's go back to uh, the different places that these kinds of voices can show up. So if we're talking about a long form sales page or a proposal, so what I do after I get off the phone with someone is I send them a, um, like a proposal that is the photographer's equivalent of like a long form sales page. (laughs) But, um, but you know, so there's, there's that. And that might have all those different places. And I love this idea of sweeping through and being like, am I speaking to the relator? Am I speaking to the socializer? But, um, but what about something that's much shorter form, like in your social media posts, is that something where you would want to try and talk to each type of person in each post? Or is that something where you kind of like rotate through? Ooh,
1: that's a really interesting question. You know, social media is because it's changing so rapidly and how many people actually see what the the caption, let alone the post, do they actually see the caption in a way that's kind of a blessing because it allows us to you could post three different photos and it's all the same piece of content or the same idea, but you're just writing it slightly different because you know that a lot of people aren't going to see that first image in that first caption, but maybe they'll see the third. So I think you could probably just start rotating through it. So I'm going to do a content series where each week those pictures, you know, speak to just one type of person. Mm -hmm. The second week, it's this other type of buyer, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I feel like social media is such an experiment right now that you could go either way and just see what works for your audience. Yeah.
0: Well, and one thing that I think can be hard is if you tend to, for instance, write very, Poetic, long form, like feely types of words, which I know a lot of photographers do, and I totally get that. You're that's great, except that you really are uh, that kind of at least the copy portion of that is really kind of weeding out a whole genre of buyer who, <laughs> perhaps unfortunately for those people, is usually the kind of person who's like, great, where do I sign? Um, and that can make your sales process just unduly difficult. So if you were to mix it up a little bit and sometimes write these long, very feelings forward types of posts and intersperse them with like, hey, I have three spots left for next week. You know, contact me here to sign up um, that you might give yourself the benefit of someone who's willing to make a quicker, um, more snap decision about it.
1: Yeah. And it also, we're not just one type of buyer of We're course. we lean multiple ways. And so it is nice where I, I will follow someone and they've got these big, long narrative stories about, you know, the importance of aligning your business with your values, which is something I'm big on. But then they will have a thing that's like, by the way, cart closing in two days. And I'm like, what? I missed this. What are they doing? So it, I get that hip of, hit of dopamine by being served up different content than what I have been expecting. Right. So I don't think that, you know, if you did that, that you would then be scaring away parts of your audience. I think that's totally fine.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And to your point about aligning your business with your values, if you are someone who, hopefully is not trying to create false scarcity or urgency or, you know, push people with like scammy marketing ploys, which like, I don't believe that almost anyone listening is falls into that category. But, um, you know, I think a lot of photographers overly worry about being pushy, but I do think that it, you know, those calls to action and that like little
1: push, we all need that from time to time. So, um, yes. So you've got to tell your people, got to tell your people what to do. You think it's obvious, like, well, they'll just go to my contact. No, tell them to go to your contact page. Yeah, over and over. It's really interesting. I love Hotjar. If you're familiar with this no. uh, platform, so Hotjar is it's kind of like Google Google Analytics but visual. Oh, um, and so you, they do things like the heat maps, but they also record and they even have, I believe, at the time of recording, I believe <laughs> that they have um, a plan where it's like. For three of your pages, they'll do up to 100 recordings for free. You don't have to sign up for anything. And you can actually watch people's mouse go around your screen. You can watch these recordings, and you can see where people are clicking. And, like, did they hover over something, or did they scroll, stop, scroll, stop? What are they actually doing? Wow, It's it's absolutely fascinating. I actually have no idea where I was going with this comic, so I got so excited to to talk about Hotjar. Um, Just different
0: kinds of, like, you think oh, this is who I am, so I'm always going to focus on this one type of message. Oh, you were saying people need to be told what to do.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. So what you will see, this is where Hotjar was going, is that you will see how many times people will fly right by that CTA button that you thought was big and bright and bold and kind of wander around being like, I'm going to hit the menu bar. Nope, I'm not actually going to go to that page. I'm going to scroll again, and I'm going to hit this random button that does take them to the page. But you were like, who was going to click that like hyperlink in a paragraph. So it's just it's a really interesting tool to see how many times you have to tell people explicitly where to go and sometimes they will still ignore you and you have to think, "Hmm, why is that? What can I do to fix that?"
0: Yeah. Oh, that is super valuable. I'm definitely going to check that out. I've never heard of that before. Um, so I guess the other piece of this is four different voices, four different kinds of people that you're trying to talk to does feel like a lot to try and manage all at once. Do you have other than kind of the list sweep and going through and being like, does it appeal to this person? Do you have any strategies for, you know, how you kind of go from one voice to another or like check your copy for each of the voices?
1: Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, the voice should really just be your voice. Mm -hmm. And I think that people put way too much emphasis on voice, if I'm being honest. I think that your website, the content and the copy, and the content includes the imagery, it's a layer cake. So your voice is just one of those layers. There's so many other things that people are worried about. So if you're the type of person who's like, oh my gosh, voice, how do I make sure this is absolutely perfect? take the pressure off. It's not the be all end all. Mm -hmm. It's important. You don't want to sound like a robot, but at the end of the day, you're looking for how do I make a connection with someone? Not is my voice exactly what they're expecting? It's, are you giving them something to connect with? So if you, I love the idea of a copy sweep. This is not a concept of mine. It's something I learned from um, copy hackers, which is a really helpful resource for, it's meant for, to be for copywriters who want to kind of sharpen their pencils, if you will. Um, But it's also a great resource for DIYers. And they have like the seven copy sweeps. I actually have nine copy sweeps because I add in, I sweep for SEO and I sweep for the four buyer types. But this is where you just go through your page and you look, am I being clear? Because clear is better than clever. Mm -hmm. You can think like a lot of times when people are talking about personality and voice, they mix that up with flair. So they're thinking like, oh, in this eyebrow header or this H3, I want to have like a cute quippy little like, hey girl or something like that. That's flair. That's not personality. Personality and voice is telling your story. It's being authentic. Um, It's kind of weaving in your trademark phrases or your isms or just things that you're kind of known for or that you want to be known for. And then it's also breaking grammar rules a little bit. That's fine because copywriting for the web, writing for the web is not what you learned in eighth grade English. Mm -hmm. You can break the rules. You can end with prepositions. You can start with but and and you just want to speak. The way that you or write the way that you speak, and that's okay. So I think that, you know, I understand for people who are not writers, when you're writing your copy, it can seem like you're trying to evaluate and waste so much. But that's why you should never just say, I'm going to write a draft and call it a day. It's a process. You write the messy first draft, you sweep it, you look for, you know, does this really kind of sound like me? Does it say what I want to say? Is it super clear? Um, is it speaking to my buyers? And then you do draft two, keeping that in mind. And then you do draft three, and then you put it on your website. And a year later, you're like, mm, time to time to make some edits again. It's just a process.
0: Yeah, I love what you say about break the grammar rules a little bit because I I am um, the queen of the ellipse, and I sometimes laugh <laughs> when I'm writing like a newsletter or something. And I think if Mrs. Eubank from my ninth grade English class were to look over my shoulder right now, I would have like a giant C minus on this. But Uh but it reads, you know, what I want it to do is read. If I were reading it out loud, this would be where I would kind of pause for a dramatic effect or whatever. And so, you know, I have over time just adjusted to be like, yep, that's the way that these things read, but it is, it's different. And when I have a page that I'm really keen to, you know, if it's a, like a page on my website or something, I will often at the very end do a, like an out loud read through to see if it feels right.
1: Yes, an out loud read-through, have somebody who is not in your industry read through your page and then someone who is in your industry read through your page. That's really great feedback. Um, I was going to mention too, you brought up a really good point about, you know, oh, I end with ellipses. Well, that's kind of your your trademark. Um, it's also a great way of appealing to the relator because they're the person that, as they would say, like wants to sit down and have a beer with you. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> that sort of like presidential slogan we say. So there are ways that, things overlap. So your personality, the ways that you're treating your copy, oh, that's also speaking to one of the buyers. It's not something you have to like strategically put a sentence in there. So you could be like, check, got that person. You just kind of look at how, what you're naturally doing is speaking to certain people and then tweak is needed. Nice. Excellent.
0: Well, Courtney, this is amazing. Um, tell everybody where they can
1: find you and then where they can find this quiz. So you can find me at bigpicturebranding.com slash quiz is the quiz. I have a ton of DIY resources. I just can't help myself. Like my happy place is creating content for myself. I cannot do it for other people, but I just love creating templates and tools. So I have a whole resources section on my site. Um, But because I feel like we're constantly getting tons of stuff thrown at them, I'm also on Pinterest so that you can pin the resources you want keep them to your board and then come back to them later. Cause if you're like me, I just consume way too much content. And at the end of the day, I'm like, well, oh, did Marketing I actually do anything with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do I need? I had that thing one time. Where's that download? Taking action. This is the important thing. Yes. Exactly. So you can find me on Pinterest and then Instagram as well, at Big Picture Branding.
0: Love it. So good. And I think you might be my first guest in 160 some odd episodes who has given their Pinterest as a, uh, as like where to find me. So that's great. I am, uh, I'm going to go stock your Pinterest.
1: Oh, thanks. I hope (laughs) hope the images are up to up to snuff oh please i'm not a visual person so it's quite tough <laughs> that's
0: okay that's okay everybody brings their own thing um excellent well have a fantastic day and thank you again so much for coming on the show
1: oh, thanks for having me it was a blast
0: well that's it for this week's episode of this can't be that hard i'll be back same time same place next week in the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscantbethathard.com learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.